Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, and welcome to the Scenario Showcase, where we talk about all those scenarios that you've played and you never want to play again. Well, not really. But, uh, hi, uh, this is Matt the Northman and from the Valhalla Club podcast, and we are starting out to do the Scenario Showcase. And I am running solo to start out this first episode, which kind of stinks. But uh, we will be having more guests on in the future. And I wanted to first explain how the scenario showcase will go down. So the reason that we're doing this is that there are many scenarios out there. And some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some are fantastic. And some you never want to play again. And we wanted to provide a resource where you could kind of get a, a front-loaded review on these scenarios and, and maybe look for scenarios that you wanted to play with your own group, uh, you know, with your best friend, or if you wanted to use one scenario to make an instant enemy. Uh, so with that in mind, what we'll be doing is we'll be reviewing uh, two to three scenarios per episode. These will usually drop in the middle of the month, but obviously this one's coming out a little bit later than that. Um and we'll usually have a guest on, at least one guest on that has played the scenario that can review it with, with me. Um, and we'll also have the, each scenario will have its own kind of PDF uh, on the Valhalla Club Discord. It'll be a standard format for all of the scenarios and you can find all the information there. So with that in mind, we're going to jump into our first scenario. We've got two for tonight. I've got, I'm going to do the first one solo. I uh, played it with my boys here here in the house, um, and it was fun, but they couldn't they couldn't be with me to record. And then we've got another scenario, number two, that'll be with uh, my friend Jesty from over at the MRC. So let's get into the first one. Nav point alpha reached. So the first scenario for tonight is straight from BattleTech Total Warfare. Um, yeah, the the meat, the classic BattleTech. Um, basic rules and this comes from the section on creating scenarios so the scenario that we picked out and played for this one was extraction we actually just rolled a d6 to see which one uh, we would pick so we landed on extraction so in this scenario you're basically what happens is there's an attacker and a defender the attacker chooses uh, some mysterious place you know one of the hexes that is at least four space or four hexes away from the defender's edge of the board and cannot be, uh, has to be inside of four hexes uh, from either side. And we played this on, on a battle mat. Uh, this is me and one of my sons. And what the attacker has to do is the attacker, you know, it's kind of like we have to pick up some data or we have to get to this place for some reason. And uh, the attacker has to get there, survive. Uh, a turn or survive to the end phase on this particular hex and then they have whatever the thing is right the goal then they need to get back to their own edge of the board and if they do that and get it off then they they win the the objective they win the scenario and everything so we played this particular scenario and we just played the vanilla because there are some some different variants of this one but we played kind of the vanilla extraction scenario with uh, 6,000 BV each, and we, we kept it to four units on each side, and we played in the Civil War era. 
So kind of first thoughts was um, basically that uh, it a lot of this came down to the force that was selected on how, how things were going to go. And this definitely played out in, in our case. So we didn't plan who would be the attacker or the defender before we sat down at the table to play and picked who would be the attacker and who would be the defender. So um, my son who was playing against me, he picked a little bit lighter, faster. I picked a little bit heavier, uh, but also still with some some jumpers and stuff. And we were playing on uh, one of the kind of forested battle mats. So um, we I, I kind of developed a kind of a review kind of schematic, and I'm going to go through that to kind of review this this first scenario here. So for the first question for this scenario is, did you enjoy playing this scenario? And I would say uh, there's kind of, I made three selections, and the one I would select is, I had fun until I didn't. And that's basically what happened because uh, he ended up, my, my opponent, my son, being the attacker, he selected a spot, and then he had a big jumper. He had a viper. And he was able to instantly, like, oh, well, within two turns, jump all the way across the, the map and get on the spot, which, of course, ended up being heavily wooded. Um, and it was almost, you know, I was pretty much unable to either destroy him or keep him off that place because I didn't know where it was. And in two turns to really see where they're going, yeah, it was pretty difficult for me to react. Um, so it, it was fun, but then as the defender in that situation, it became not so fun. Now, uh, for the, the second question for our review is, when would you play this scenario? So I would definitely play this in, in two of the three kind of options we developed here, and that would be during a narrative campaign or mission. So I could definitely see this as like, okay, we have to go in and get the data. We have to go in and capture, you know, this commander or whatnot. You could... You could put it as many different things, but I could definitely see this as being part of a narrative campaign. And I could also see it as kind of a, a you know, when it's time to play pickup games down at the local game store. So those are definitely two places uh, that I could see it played. I would not throw this in for a serious tournament because, yeah, the it really swings to whoever has kind of the best force designed for it. This isn't like a generalized uh, scenario. So it could be quite one-sided, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, for our third question to kind of review this scenario is, what you know, what's the replayability for this one? And I could definitely see playing this one once in a while uh, to kind of mix things up. It, it is kind of fun because there's that element of the unknown, uh, especially for the defender. The defender doesn't know where they're going, but is reacting to them. So there could be many um, kind of strategies to kind of throw off the defender. You know, you might move your big boys or you might move the majority of your force one way and then get the defender moving that way. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got your fast uh, your fast runner, your jumper, you're running a, a locust over to to the area, you're jumping through with a, with a uh, dragonfly. So there are some things that you could do to keep this fun and, and mix it up. Uh, but it is, I think, definitely kind of geared towards the attacker uh, taking the advantage on this one. And that's that's our fourth question is, could this scenario become pretty one-sided? And I think that 
in the options that we created, one or two things could really swing the advantage to one side. And I definitely saw that where my son had quicker units and ones that could jump that full like seven jump at a time. So within two turns, he's on the the hex where he needed to be for the objective. And especially with him being able to select what hex it was, uh, that made it easy for him to, to make it really hard for me to do anything uh, to, to do that. Now, he did have to jump all the way back, but again, that was only two turns, and I'm, I'm already chasing shadows elsewhere, basically, with his other units. So um, it made it really easy for the attacker to gain the advantage on that one. Um, the fifth question here is, what would you change about the scenario? And I kind of kind of went between two options where it was just changing a few details or kind of overhauling the engine like completely. And I think there has to be some some restriction to like maybe how many units you can have that are just fast jumpers. Um, maybe this just needs to be like in a list that you roll on and so you don't know that you're going to have this before you design your force. That way it's a little bit, you have to kind of bring more of a general force and maybe you have one unit that's great for this, but not all of your units that are great for it. Um, you know, just some of those details. Uh, I think it's an interesting uh, scenario in that there is that kind of guessing game between the two opponents. Um, but it's not like, you know, it's not complete feel bads you can at least say, well, I kind of know where he's going if I'm following where his forces are moving. But it is still really hard as the defender um, to, to kind of respond because they're they're really going, if you're really going for the objective and not just playing shoot it up deathmatch, um, then it can be really easy for the attacker to kind of, you know, get to this spot, get to this hex. Um, maybe if you you know, maybe some ways to to change it that I can think of are to maybe have more than one hex that they need that the attacker needs to get to. Maybe you have to have a unit on each, and then uh, do the extraction. Maybe you can only have maybe you need to have like a certain tonnage that's nearby to kind of make it so that you can score that objective and then for them to get the data to get the prisoner back or whatnot. Um, there are definitely some things that you could change about the scenario to make it even better. And there are there are a couple options, including kind of a, a cargo carrier variant uh, or variation of this particular scenario described in the, the Total Warfare manual uh, that might be fun to play in the future and we can we can kind of throw that in as a side review. Um, but for my final grade, I'm going to give this one a solid B because it is fun. There is some variability that you can go through. And I think that there are things that you could do to make it more enjoyable for both sides. But again, I think it's still in the end, it's going to be weighted a little bit to, um, the, the attacker's side. So with that being said, that's going to be a wrap on our first scenario review. So I'd love to hear from anyone that has played the extraction scenario from Total Warfare. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on what can be improved or variants that you guys play. And uh, with that, you don't want to hear too much of me. So we're going to jump over to the next guest with Jesty from MRC. So here in a moment, we'll have him. Thanks a lot. Nav point beta.
reached. Okay, everyone. So joining me for another portion of the scenario showcase is the inestimable Jesty from MRC Fame. How are you doing, Jesty? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great. Nice to see everybody here. <laughs> yes, exactly. All two of us. Well, Craig's here too, so you know, should never downplay Craig's presence. Definitely. Okay, so for those of those of us that don't know Jesty, we get he gets three random questions uh, coming from me. Now, the first one just happens to be BattleTech related. So, Jesty, what is your favorite BattleTech book that you have read? And this could be a source book as well if you're really like nerd now, you know, whatever you want. Okay, so I haven't read too many actual BattleTech novels or uh, source books for that matter. Uh, rule books, I would say probably campaign ops, just because there's so much in there and you can have so um, many hours of fun just out of that book alone. But as far as uh, novels are concerned, Wolves on the Border, I'm starting from, you know, the 1980s uh, Warrior Trilogy and moving forward from there. And Wolves on the Border, I think, was great. That is that is a good one. I'm I'm also doing the same thing. I'm just a little bit further down the timeline right now. I'm hitting the Civil War, but I do like Wolves on the Border. And Campaign Ops is uh, is juicy, man. You there's a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, the worst vegetable ever. That's question Ugh, number two. Lettuce. I hate lettuce. It's my arch oh, enemy. Wow. All lettuce. Iceberg yeah. only? What are we talking? Like, like my least two favorite words in the English language are salad and soup. <laughs> wow. Okay. Straight straight from Jesse's mouth to, to, to God's ears here. Worst vegetable, lettuce. Uh, okay. The last movie that you watched. Oh, man. Unfortunately, uh, it's probably going to be the Barbie movie that I saw with my wife and son when it came out in theaters. Oh, Jesty. Oh, Jesty. How could you? Hey, I'm, I'm just a kid. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And with that, now everyone knows everything they need to know about Jesty. Right there. Yep. Explains uh, everything. <laughs> okay, so we, uh, we played a match uh, of a particular scenario, an MRC scenario for an upcoming MRC tournament. What's the name of the scenario, Jesty? Uh, so the tournament is sort of Beastie Boys themed. So the okay. name of the scenario is uh, Body Moving, which is the title of a Beastie Boys track. If I'm not oh, mistaken, oh yeah, Body Moving, Body yeah. Moving, yeah. But it's it's it was renamed for the tournament. It's normally called uh, uh, re- Death Race Relay. I'm pretty sure. And it, it definitely turned into a death race relay for us. Yes. I there was a lot agree. of death and a good <laughs> amount of racing. So yeah, it's an app, aptly named scenario. So uh, how, how would you describe kind of the objectives of this scenario and, and, and kind of what most people might take to a scenario like this? Uh, so the objective is uh, it's central to the map. Uh, it's a single location on a classic game board. It's three hexes big in total or three hexes radius, I should say emanating from the center hex of the map. And you have to get a unit within three hexes. And once within three hexes, you can roll at the beginning of the next turn, uh, a seven up 
on 2d6 will give you uh the the data that you would download the data and then you are supposed to run it back to your starting edge not deployment zone the actual edge of the map and uh, if you have an active probe and you miss the roll you can re-roll once a uh, little bonus for actually bringing an active probe yeah that's that's a not a very i mean usually active probes aren't used in most kind of especially like pickup games and stuff so it's a nice little bonus to have that on there um and and uh like you mentioned you know you can roll and you can roll on consecutive turns successive turns if you don't get it uh you can bring the same unit back and try and pick up the data again so you can like for my particular force i think i triple dipped with my my little fireball on the objectives um yeah and, and unfortunately he, my little snow fox uh rolled for data three turns in a row before it finally <laughs> got it and was not able to run yeah. back and forth like it should have been yeah i think i think you had like five straight misses on the old uh the data roll or something right there but yeah i don't think i got data until th- turn three when i was in <laughs> data range at on turn one exactly yeah and that's that's definitely definitely something i'll bring up later when we're kind of going through the review um and the scoring kind of goes uh, 20 points per per data pack. It kind of dropped off at the edge of, of the map and for a, up to a total of 100 objective points. And then there's also a scoring with combat score, and that was just percentage killed out of 100%. Is that right, Justin? Yeah, it's your basically your battle value percentage remaining since Mega Mech does all those calculations for you. Uh, however much battle value destroyed you've got, that's how many combat objective score points you get okay and we we played this match on uh mega mech seeing as we're like a couple i don't know like a thousand miles away from each other or something but um and it and it does all the math for us uh we pulled two forces i mean we each had a different force we were playing dark age era 9000 bv and i took a fed sons force and we're not going to go through the force list but just kind of give you a background and jesse you took what what uh faction i took a scorpion empire list yeah and and those of you that went to the last lvo and saw jesse's forces there will understand why because they're awesome um because you took fire scorpion to lvo right yeah, and I took the Fire Scorpion and the Snow Fox Alvio. So yeah. they were both in my list. Nice. Um, so this, uh, I think this uh, this scenario kind of you know geared itself towards fast, jumpy units, things like that. Uh, and we definitely took some of both. Uh, but we kind of have like a list of kind of broad questions to go through to just kind of review the scenario. The scenario itself will be it's um it's on the MRC Discord under the upcoming event which is uh, oh, License to Ill Clan is the name of the license. next tournament. There we go, License to Ill Clan. Uh so that's coming up in in November, so if you hear this and want to jump on the MRC uh Discord and go go play that that tournament, that'd be awesome. It is week two, I believe, in the tournament. Uh, so yes. that's that would be the second mission that you would play. Um, we'll also have kind of a, a rundown of the scenario, which we'll have in the Valhalla Club podcast Discord in the Scenario Showcase um, channel. So that'll be up there if you want to look at it here or there, wherever. Um, 
Uh, just to go off the first question, so first question, Jesty, is did you enjoy playing the scenario? And there are several options here. You could say more please, or I had fun, and then I didn't, or I threw up a little in my mouth. What did you think, Jesty? Uh, I would say more please. I mean, I did end up losing the match, but it wasn't because of any particular, you know, scenarios fault uh the dice do play a part in this scenario and it can be swingy but that's battletech baby yep yep i uh, i also answered more please i really thought it was a fun scenario i mean there's definitely the dice kind of play a role with the objective and the points that you're going to get from the objective um but i really enjoyed the Kind of the the objective brings you all together, and then you can get this combat score going instead of like being completely separate and not interacting with your opponent um, or the player you're playing with. So I, I did enjoy it, and I I definitely select the more please on this one. Um, uh, the second question is when would you play this scenario? So would this be something where you would play it during kind of more of a narrative campaign, or is it kind of more of a pickup? Uh, when you've kind of got pickup game time down at the local game store, or is this kind of something you throw in the mix for a tournament? Or it could be a combination of these, but what did you think, Justy? Uh, so I could see myself using this in my Battletech campaign that I'm running as part of a narrative campaign where, oh, hey, you've got to get to the middle and get what's there before the people on that you're uh, fighting get more of it than you do. Like it could be supplies, it could be ammo, it could be anything to do with the campaign that's important. Mm-hmm. Your MacGuffin, uh, and I definitely like it for a tournament uh, pickup game. Maybe not so much. Uh, people tend to in pickup games not build quite balanced lists like you would want for an objective like this. If somebody shows up with three assaults, they're going to have a really bad time on this match. Yeah, completely agree. So unless unless you kind of noob up beforehand uh yeah i wouldn't throw this in like a pickup game that people showed up with lists already built for it um and i can kind of see the the narrative campaign scenario where i I don't know if i could do just the back and forth of it so much because that kind of doesn't make as much sense in my mind narratively but maybe like more the can you you expanded it to be like supplies or something like that maybe that makes more sense in like little globules of data or something that you're trying to get. Uh, yeah, there's some it, lost tech salvage there and you're trying yeah. to scrape together a Goss rifle. <laughs> you know, you never know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I like the kind of the, that thought for kind of the back and forth um, kind of grabbing and taking back to your edge. Um, and, and I think it definitely works for the tournament. Um, now we were talking about, you wouldn't want to bring like, you know, three assaults. So, if the tournament has it in it, I think you'd have to have it kind of up front to kind of say, oh, you're going to need some speed for something, you know, a particular mission in this tournament, at least. Because uh, if you came into this without any speed or jumpiness, yeah, it's going to be really tough to get any any of that objective score going. Yeah, and luckily uh, for the MRC tournaments, at least the ones Vapor tends to run, he does throw the missions out there at least a month in advance so people have time to build for the missions that will be coming in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, to be honest, I really like Vapor's kind of tournament, how he puts all the scenarios together because it's usually varied enough that you can bring kind of a, 
a gen somewhat generalized list with some units that are kind of there for a specific mission, but not all of them for just one specific mission, which I like. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So our, our third point of review is kind of the replay replayability. I don't even know if that's a word, but I make it a word replayability. Of no, this no, scenario. that's definitely a word. That's definitely okay, nice. a word. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, so this the the options that we kind of have were like oh you, you know once a month still wouldn't get stale or only once in a while if I kind of need to throw something new in the mix or the kind of the last of the options is kind of once and only once <laughs> and I I would say actually this one is once a month still wouldn't get stale um, just because of the variability of getting the objectives rolling for it it kind of makes it each i could see it as making each game different because it's going to be it's going to change like oh i'm really focused on the objective because i'm getting the objective points or i'm not getting the objective points so i can kind of focus on combat a bit more um what do you think jesty yeah i definitely agree because of the randomness of the map and the way it forces conflict i think you can play this one on a regular basis and it's not going to get stable. Uh, it's much better than a stand-up fight over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, to, to kind of play on this, play on your answer there, would you play this uh, on, like, in-person classic, like a classic map, versus, you know, we played it on Mega Mech that kind of takes some of the, the slowness out of classic. Would you also play it in person at, at once a month or would that kind of make it a little bit more difficult and you wouldn't play it as often? No, I'd say it'd be fine on the tabletop. There's not terrible amounts of extra record keeping to be done with the objective or anything. Yeah, I, I agree. This is one that you could play both Mega Mech and in person. I, I definitely agree with that. Um... Okay, well, the next the next question for this scenario is, is, was there anything that could make it kind of one-sided, or was there an aspect of the scenario that could be exploited for, for kind of one player's gain over the other? Um, and, and kind of the thought, you know, is this perfectly balanced, or are there kind of a few things, a few details about the scenario that could really swing the advantage to one side? I think the, like the, the real extreme option is like someone will definitely get crushed and someone will, will, will win easily. Um, what did you think about kind of this, this topic? Uh, I would say it's in between the first one where it's a tactical seesaw going back and forth and uh, one or two things could really swing the advantage to one side. It can be uh, back and forth depending on how the roles go for the objective. But if like we saw in our game, uh, I fail the objective roles consistently, uh, it can start to swing the advantage heavily to one end. But it's not going to yeah. be one role. It's going to be a, a series of roles that get you there. Yeah, and, and I think having the like the role to get the data at seven is, is still like achievable um, in in a lot of cases, right? Not in every case. Uh, I did see that as like the one detail where it was like, well, if you know, like in our game, I definitely got the most objective score because I rolled better at, at picking up the data. So that was definitely one advantage. But in the end, like you kind of came back on the combat score. So having that as kind of a balancer, unless, you know, unless you're really good at getting the 
the combat score as well. But <laughs> um, I could see that as the one thing that kind of makes it a little bit swingy. But I still think it doesn't swing it too much to to one person or another. And, and you both kind of have equal chance to roll it um, if you have the same number of units getting in close. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that was the one thing that I kind of like was like, well, you still have there. It's not like you go and you can get the data without any chance related to it. So that's the one thing that kind of swings it one way or the other, just according to dice. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, uh, I think I would not like it as much if you didn't have to roll for data, because then you could just get some one or two fast units and dedicate them to running back and forth while the rest of your units just go and brawl with your opponent. Yeah, it'd be. I mean, it would turn into like some sort of like point farming type situation, which to me is really bland and and kind of stale. So I like the the chance that you miss, <laughs> which, yeah, exactly. which is like certainly why I like BattleTech. I think there's a lot of missing in BattleTech, and that kind of gives it that like tension, like oh, did I get it or not? You know, so even if you make the perfect move, um, you may not get the data. Or you could yeah, make a or, really crappy move and still get it, right? Yeah, or even if you bring an active probe, you still might roll under seven two times in a row. And it, you, you didn't it, get the data when you should have, statistically. Can yeah. happen, yes. We we can we can verify that that, that can happen. <laughs> and it did happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think about how force selection plays into this idea of, like, can this scenario, does this scenario, like, require a particular suite of units? Uh, are there units that kind of really would make it much easier for one side versus another? I think we've already kind of touched on it, but, but any additional thoughts on that? Uh, one thing to note, uh, MRC tends to allow combined arms, so things like VTOLs can get the objective very quickly but they do have to land in order to get the objective uh, for MRC purposes. So it kind of takes some of the advantage of them being just able to ignore most of the map and run it back and forth. But maybe Mm -hmm. you don't allow VTOLs for an objective like this just because of how fast they are. um, When you've seen this type of objective used before with VTOLs in play, does kind of the fragility of VTOLs kind of outweigh their ability to get there really quick or is it still are they just so quick and have such a high kind of modifier that it their fragility it, it really isn't that that bad yeah with how big the objective area is there's generally going to be somewhere where you can touch down that's fairly safe or you know behind woods or behind a level one hill or something uh, like you saw in our map there was decent amount of terrain on the generated map that we have uh for the settings so it's fairly safe to be able to get a VTOL back and forth within that big six hex wide area. Uh, I know yeah, I did I, it on a previous test match of this with a, uh, what is it? A, I forgot what kind of VTOL it is, but it, it ran for like 20 something hexes. And I was going back and forth every other turn scoring, assuming I made yeah. the roll. Yeah, so maybe not allowing like VTOLs like that might keep it a little bit more even rather than uh, kind of becoming that point farming. I mean, you still have to roll to get the data, sure. True. But being able to be there like so quickly and get back so quickly would make it, um, yeah, I think not as fun to me just because there's, I mean, that that time that you have to take to go there 
and then get all the way to the edge and then come all the way back for for most of my units even my fireball it was still a three turn like you have to go get the data then get to there i couldn't get all the way back to the edge even though he like moves crazy fast so yeah it runs for 17 <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't yeah, ignore exactly. the terrain so exactly yeah so you know he can't just get up to like level two and fly through the air like you know a veto um so i i still like having that where the decision is that you have to take this unit out of combat play in order to score the objective points so i i I do like that for sure um anything else that you would suggest that like you know maybe you would change about the scenario to keep it more even or or even now anymore i i didn't really feel like there was too much other than maybe adding in some additional bonuses on the rolls for other actions maybe like you walked instead of ran so you get like a plus one to your roll or something like that i'm not sure what what anything that you can think of you know uh that's not a bad idea maybe how fast you're going while you're in there or how many hexes Mm -hmm. deep you are uh into the area like if you're mm-hmm. on that 1914 hex that was the very center, maybe you get yeah. a plus one or a plus two to your roll or something. It's just so oh, I like that. only yeah. for that particular hex. That way it's like, oh, hey, how deep do you want to go into the territory? Do you want that bonus? Do you really want the data? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah are the you going to risk it? <laughs> yeah. The, the only other thing I would say is maybe uh, change the map a little bit. So it's, I mean, the map was a big, huge square and we didn't use probably... 60% of the map, we were only in that middle third of it the entire time. Mm-hmm. So you can maybe yeah. squish the map down a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Do you think um, changing... I'm just thinking of how you could kind of change the objective to be more more like part of the part of the play. So I'm just thinking like in person you could put, you could make it some sort of like you know, building that, that fires at things, you know, it has like, it's a, it's a turret or something on top or something like that. That would be kind of, I think kind of a little bit fun, although keeping it even between the two players might be difficult, but I mean, um, that, if, yeah, if you want to keep it even, you just put two turrets there and each player yeah. gets to shoot at the enemy with their own turret. Yeah. Yeah, I think because I'm, I, I always try to envision like, how does this actually like make sense kind of in, you know, in real life, but not, you know, in Battletech universe, like this, there's not just like, you know, floppy disks sitting on the ground somewhere. There's like something involved of, with what you're trying to take from someone or take from some sort of unit or something like that. So, yeah, the old story in the head type thing. Has yeah, ever... definitely. Uh, adding some, yeah. you know, drama to it definitely will increase the uh, enjoyment for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's another thing where you could, you know, this is this seems to be like a scenario that you could tweak with very small tweaks to make it like a little bit different each time. Yeah, like um, maybe next time, uh, or maybe to change it up, you have it so that after so many turns, the objective moves like to the north yeah. or south if you're going to play on one of those bigger maps. So yeah, it'll move yeah, to like maybe like six or seven hexes north or south if you roll a, a D6, like, oh, one through uh-huh. three, it's north and five through six it's south now we need because the satellite's moving or whatever whatever we need okay yeah yeah i like that because then it's not just 
you know, because at some point we, we were just like, okay, we're all clumped around this thing. We're all up on the hills or we're right next to each other. So it, it does become just a brawl. But if you have it moving somewhat, then you still need to use your mobility instead of just relying on, like, you know, brute force at some point. So Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's one, one thing I could see moving. What do you think about um, changing the terrain that the objective is in? So... For instance, I think the, the MRC kind of built in for for the map that we were using only really uses kind of forest and hills, but doesn't use anything like, you know, like a city type terrain or anything like that. Do you think that would be uh, not so great to do it in a city or do you think that might be kind of fun? What do you think? Uh, no, I think it'd be pretty interesting in a city, uh, especially because if you don't have a lot of jumping mechs or if you have you know something fast like your fireball it's like oh well how many times do you really want to turn on pavement with that thing to get there turn one you know uh, I, I definitely yeah. think you could add some drama depending on of course the city layout yeah yeah i i skidding skidding is not my friend so uh yeah i would definitely think twice about flying around with my little hover hovercraft um if it was in a city that is true uh, um okay now we're gonna go out on the limb here say that the objective is a volcano and it spits out fiery balls uh in, in within a radius of three uh is this crazy or would this be fun if you had random volcano balls spitting out within the area that you had to had to be in for the objective Oh, that could get real interesting because you're like, well, you have to be there. <laughs> but yeah. and every time you're there, you, you know, you're rolling the dice on whether or not your mech's going to take some damage or not. Yeah, I'm. I'm just like this. This kind of ups the risk of being in that objective area, or maybe like some sort of like artil- random artillery strikes are coming in from the owner of the data or something like that. Um, oh yeah they're trying to destroy it before you can get access to it so yeah you better dodge that artillery buddy yeah exactly oh man now now i want to see i want to play it again but with some sort of like nonsense added in (laughs) yeah maybe we each person gets a long time when they just start lobbing (laughs) toward the middle or something just to just to you know simulate a third party make it fair so you each get one and of course, you would only fire smoke rounds just to make everything insane. That's that's what we would do, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so so that's kind of uh, our review, and of course, we have to be, give it a final grade. So, Jesty, what is your final grade? A plus through F. What do you give this one? I think I'd give it a solid A. Not quite an A plus, but it's it's a good mission. I liked it. Yeah. I would also give it uh, that that A to A minus, not not because there's anything wrong, but it was a good solid mission, and I feel like you could, like we're discussing here, you could definitely like do some tweaks with it and make it even a little bit more risky to go into that area. Um, just kind of increase the tension of like, oh man, not only am I playing against my opponent, but I'm playing against the objective. So I could I could definitely see some some little tweaks helping uh, just increase that tension a little bit. Um, so I really enjoyed this this one, uh, 
and really enjoyed playing with Jesty, uh, especially since I won. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> this this one, I think you know there there are missions or scenarios that you like because you you won, right? And you're kind of like, oh, I didn't like it because I didn't win. But this one's enjoyable, I think, for both players. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, that's our, our scenario showcase for this uh, particular scenario. What was the name of the scenario again? Uh, the uh, the usual name, Jesse? The usual name is Death, uh, oh, blah, blah, Death Race Relay. There we go. Death Race Relay, which it, yeah, it, it, I mean, there's a lot of death and there's some racing, that's for sure. Okay, and uh, Jesse, where can people find you, listen to you, check out your stuff? Uh, you can check me out on YouTube at MRC Jesty or on the MRC Discord. I'm usually hanging around there, and also any other Discord. I'm generally in it if it's BattleTech related. It's true. You can find Jesty everywhere. No, not everywhere, but um, most places. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, most places. You know, not the oh. deep dark realms of BattleTech. Oh, Discords. also the OTube Discord. Keep an eye on that one in particular. Hint, hint. Okay. Wink, wink. <laughs> Yeah, something coming through soon, Jesty. I am not at liberty to discuss any. That's what I like to hear. Stuff. That's what I like to hear. And anything you want to kind of promote? Anything coming up? Uh, yeah, actually, this weekend uh, I'm going to be running SoCal Open. So by the time this actually gets out into the wild, it will have already probably passed. But uh, <laughs> after that, definitely the LVO. I'm looking forward to it for next January. Yeah, everyone come out and play play Jesty at LVO. I played him at the last LVO, and uh, he he crushed me, but I had a great time during our game. So uh, Jesty's a great opponent, and uh, he's a great painter, too. So come check out his awesome minis. Oh, you're yeah. being too kind. <laughs> no, it's but. true, especially with your panorama, your little, like, case. You're like, I don't even know how to describe it. It looked like Oh, the little aquarium. display board. Yeah, 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 that was awesome. awesome. Well, was hopefully, awesome. I'll have another one ready by uh, January. <laughs> I got to start yes. now. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking forward to it. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on, Jesty, and thanks for reviewing the scenario with me. No, oh, thanks for having me on. I had a great time. Thanks a lot. Later. Mission objectives complete. And with that, that'll be the first two scenarios in the scenario showcase. So we showcased. Uh, two scenarios for classic Battletech, although one was played on the tabletop and one was played on Mega Mech, so just two different formats of classic. Uh, we'd love to, to have some Alpha Strike or some other scenarios that uh, are played in different formats here on the program, so please go on to the Valhalla Club Discord page whatever you want to call it, <laughs> either on Discord or on Facebook as well, and suggest other scenarios for us to review on the Scenario Showcase. And if your scenario is chosen, I'll reach out to you, and you can come on and review it yourself, along with several several of the other hosts, if I can talk right. But thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Scenario Showcase. <laughs>